Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Great conversation today with Brian Azzarello. This was recorded live at Cincinnati Comic-Con, and we get into everything. I mean, uh, Moonshine, his new image series with Eduardo Riso. We talk about Dark Knight 3, his collaborations with uh, Frank Miller. A little chat about 100 Bullets, of course. Uh, we look back at Wonder Woman, and uh, Brian comes to play. And I always love that about Brian. He is not afraid to disagree. He is not afraid to confront. And uh, as I say at the end of the panel, I always feel like uh, I go 12 rounds with, and sometimes 15 rounds with Azzarello. And that's fine. You know, sometimes I'll get emails back and people say, man, he really doesn't like you. And I point out, yeah, um, he's been on the show several times. Um, starting from uh, 11 years ago when I, when I first started Word Balloon. And uh, no, you know, this is, this is the way Brian plays, and I'm more than happy to welcome that kind of confrontation, conversation, and conflict. Uh, it makes for an interesting panel, and I think it made for a very interesting hour that I'm very happy to share with you today on Word Balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your support. Uh, you make it possible for me to uh, travel around the country and uh, make more connections and uh, bring you new guests and new content. And it's because of the League of Word Balloon listeners and their subscriptions to Word Balloon via Patreon. Word Balloon will always be free, but if you enjoy what I do, uh, think about it. I try to give you, you know, at the very least five to sometimes eight or nine shows a month. And uh, think of the hours of comic conversation you get here at Word Balloon and uh, hours of uh, geek content that I think enhances uh, what we love about uh, the pop culture world. Well, I try to contribute with these interviews. And if you think it's uh, worth the price of a comic book, if you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or the Patreon ad at wordballoon.com, it will get you directly to my Patreon page. And uh, if you got the scratch and uh, can help me out, thank you very much. So uh, thank you to the League of Word Balloon listeners. There are new members every month, and I appreciate the support. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Man, I am looking at some fun stuff that is available this week from InStock Trades. Things like the Doctor Strange Epic Collection uh, Separate Reality is 50% off. It's just $19.99. How about the Son of Satan Classic Trade Paperback? $50 off, also $19.99. Let's get into some uh, Brian Azzarello uh, product at uh, InStock Trades. There are collections of 100 Bullets, including Volume 8, The Hard Way, one of my favorite ones. Willie Times, the amazing trumpeter uh, who uh, comes into uh, contact with Agent Graves. Uh, this one is uh, 45% off, $9.34. You get Superman for Tomorrow, uh, Volumes 1 and 2. The trade paperback for Volume 1 is 45% off, $8.24. There are several volumes of Loveless including uh, right off the bat, Volume 1, A Kin of Homecoming, is uh, 45% off, only $5.49. Volume 2 is $8.24. Doctor 13, Architecture and Morality, 
Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, way before Wonder Woman, they did this incredible, uh, very funny story that uh, poked fun at uh, the architects of what was going on at DC and some of the characters that weren't going to make the cut once a reboot happened. A very, very funny story. 45% off, much funnier than the way I just described it. $8.24. Just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the many pages of Brian Azzarello product you will find at InStockTrades.com. Okay, this conversation took place about six weeks ago at uh, Cincy Comic Con, and uh, it was all about 100 Bullets that weekend. There are three Azzarello panels, but uh, you know I, I want to space these out because they're great. The next one I'll present will be the 100 Bullets panel with uh, Brian, Eduardo Riso, and Dave Johnson. Tremendous conversation. But I uh, wanted to focus on this uh, first part with Brian. Um, this happened after uh, our Killing Joke press junket. And, in fact, we talk about uh, the reaction to Killing Joke, uh, the reaction to Wonder Woman, some of the other controversial stories that Brian has done in the past. And it's a, a great opportunity to follow up on that press junket at the Killing Joke with this conversation now that the movie's out. And we've heard some audience reaction. Um, it's, it's good stuff, man. I'm telling you, Brian, Brian came to fight. And uh, that's okay. Uh, because you'll hear it. I mean, we also, you know, acknowledge and reconcile as, as much as we get back to blows <clears throat> during the whole hour. But it's a very fun conversation, and I'm happy to bring it to you now. Uh, it's great to welcome back Brian Azzarello at A Word Balloon. John Sutcher's here, the uh, host and producer of the Word Balloon podcast. You can find it at wordballoon.com. And it is always my privilege to uh, speak to uh, interesting creators who have a, a great perspective on uh, what they do. And this man is no exception. Literally one of my very first guests on Word Balloon because Word Balloon originally started as a documentary, a video documentary. And uh, me and my videographer uh, bugged Brian Azzarello and talked about 100 Bullets, and he was ridiculously candid. So literally when I started wordballoon.com, one of my very first guests was the person sitting next to me, Brian Azzarello, ladies and gentlemen. How did you manage to stay in business? 11 years, I got the, the lights are still on, man. Yeah. You are all over the place, man. Not only uh, doing what I'm sure some people like are crap. No, it's all good. Along with Dark Knight in mid-production. But I love a lot of the creator-owned stuff that is currently out and coming out. In fact, today, I don't know if you guys saw online, uh, there's a cover for a project that's coming up featuring the 100 Bullets team. No. Team? Or just you and Eduardo? Yeah. Okay, excuse me. Sorry, Dave's not part of it. No. Okay. <laughs> Captain Surly will uh, at least acknowledge that Eduardo Riso is with him on a, a new image book. Uh, will Dennis editing Moonshiners? Tell us, tell us about Moonshine. Oh, I'm sorry, Moonshine. Captain Correction. Thank you. <laughs> tell us about Moonshine. Uh, it's a werewolf story set in Prohibition. So there's gangsters and illegal alcohol and werewolves. But this is like. Like, hence the title, Moonshine, not only for the werewolves, but... For the booze. Yeah. yeah. So these are like, you know, the mountain men with the Federalists and all that crap, right? Well, we're or, Yes, but we're keeping sort of the Federalists out of it. They get killed, like, right off the bat. So <laughs> it's more about the gangsters. One gangster's coming to really, like, maybe... He wants the booze. It's this guy in the hills is making, like, the best moonshine that uh, anyone's ever tasted. And... The um, boss in New York wants it. So this guy goes down to negotiate a deal, and that's where our story picks up. Where did this idea, how long has this been gestating? Not too long. Really? Um, no, it was just, um, 
I'm doing another series now called American Monster. I wanted to talk about that, but please. Okay. Um, that's kind of like taking a Frankenstein story. Um, I was looking, I was approaching sort of these universal monsters, and saying, yeah, how do you how do you kind of revamp them a little bit, like without being too overt about it, and. American Monster was my take on Frankenstein, and then um, I started thinking about a. I started thinking about uh, vampires, and I fell asleep. And I started thinking about uh, werewolves, and it's like, what, what would it be? What would it be? And it's like, ah, uh, let's you know, let's get to the core. Let's cut all the stuff down. Moon, moon. Okay, the moon, moon, moon shine, and then it. The dominoes fell. That's yeah. awesome, man. Say so. As soon as I heard about it at the uh, image presentation, I was all excited. And I've talked to Will Dennis, you know, just sketchily about it and everything because it isn't out yet. But no, it sounds great. Is this going to be an ongoing, or how do you see, the, you know, or, you know, I mean, it's an image ongoing, okay? Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, no, honestly, hey, hey no, I think those things kind of, you know, they take their breaks, but they keep going. They do, but honestly, and I was just talking about this with Rick Remender about other image books, and I want to hear your opinion of it, because 100 Bullets was luckily supported by a publishing effort because your, your trades did so well, and because you're like, hey, I want to do this 100 issue story, they stuck with you. I think a lot of people now that are at Image and doing creator-owned books have that sustainability problem after a certain amount of story arcs where it's, okay, how long are we going to go? When they run out of ideas. Okay. You know, well, and some of these things go on too long. Maybe, you know, there's some people who probably say 100 bullets went on too long. Well, I think a lot of people would, you, you guys managed to find great story yeah, arcs from start to finish. DC wanted us to, you know. Did they want you to stop earlier? No, are you kidding? They said make it 120, 150, <laughs> however many bullets you want, you can have them. Um, but we said no. Okay. Do you know? Do you know, like right now? Yeah, tell me about right now. I don't know. I, I don't think you. I'm talking to the audience. I don't think you guys have very long attention spans. You know. You're all agreeing with me. It's like yeah. Well, no, it's, but it is. It's true. It's like, we're gonna cut this in 15 minutes, so it's like yeah, we're done. <laughs> No, it, but it really is. I mean, because that's the thing. Morning Glories, Nick Spencer's image series, great idea. But, you know, when you get to issue 62 or whatever, it's like, all right, what, you know, I don't know. When, when is a good time to stop? So do you keep that in mind with certain stories? Well, I, you know, I haven't spoken with him. I don't know if it issue 62, if he if he ever meant it to go that far. You know, at least with 100 bullets, we knew it was going to right. go 100 issues. So we built it. To be the, be like that, but I mean like today. Moonshine yeah. will not be a hundred issues. I can tell you that. There you go. Well, that's what I mean. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah. A scoop. Well, because no, but like you said, it's an image ongoing. No, and I don't need a number. But that's the thing. You are obviously mindful of the fact that there are shorter attention spans, and also obviously much more. When you say it's a much more competitive environment for great books right now than it was. No. Really? No. I think it's not more competitive. I think it's, it's the same? No, there's way more out there. Are you kidding? Right. It's great. Look, look a lot... You, you, no, I'm making you talk. That's, we got to throw an hour, man. I think a lot of people are creating things. And it has been for a while. I see it pretty... Um, endemic right now that you know people are creating things to create something for beyond comics and it, it shows I think that stuff I mean you could smell it I don't particularly like that stuff um, I never have adapting to obviously television film well, it's like, I'm, I'm, what the fuck am I reading a pitch for 
you know, for a movie. It's like, I don't, I don't want to read that. I want to read a comic. You know, if 100 Bullets never goes anywhere, I'm happy with what we did. You know, I wrote that for comics. That's all it was ever supposed to be. I understand. Let's transition to American Monsters. Uh, oh, well, that's a pitch. <laughs> no, you just wrapped up your first arc. Yeah. First of all, honestly, I think there's a lot of really great ideas over at Aftershock. I think it's really cool. It's a good place to work. Is it? Yeah, a good experience so far? That's great to hear, truly. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Because you're literally the first Aftershock creator that I've, that I've talked to. So, I, you know, I think everybody's pretty happy over there. I know I am. Did you pick Wando? Or, and I mean, is that a, that, that's got to be a pseudonym. Really, you think? Well, you know, I'm slow, but uh, every now and then something hits me. Uh, no, Martz came up with him. Martz brought him to me. Okay. Yeah. Really cool style. Perfect. I had never, I had never seen his stuff before. Perfect. Because beyond the Frankenstein monster template that you've got, you again, and we just talked to Marty Pascoe, and we were talking about how People forget characterization, people forget story, and the entire cast of I mean, the way the town reacts, the small town, and as you get into their own individual stories in that first arc, there's great stuff in there, man, of uh, all the characters that are represented in well, it. Well, that's what I like to write, you know. I mean, that's what 100 Bullets was. I'll keep always going back to that. That's what I do. Well, and Loveless was like that, too. I mean, you yeah, really yeah. set up an environment, and you really pepper it with a bunch of characters. Yeah, so. once, once the world's established, then, like, who lives in the world? You know, how, I get bored writing one character. That's why you know Wonder Woman had to be a team book for me. Uh, I just I couldn't do it just like straight Wonder Woman. And now there's a good uh, arc. Oh, before I forget, because American Monster first volume is out in trade. No, not yet. No, I think it's coming out. Okay, because I saw it on the website solicited, so maybe that was my mistake not seeing a date. Yeah, it's it's not till. Um, is six out yet or no? It's only a five-issue arc. Are you going to do it like Image, where you're going to take a few months off and then come back to it, or are you going to go right back to it? I think I've been taking a few months off on that book consistently. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You know what I mean. I know. Um, you, know I, I, it's, you know, it's late a lot, and it's because it's me. All right. You know, I want to get it right. Before we talk about Wonder Woman, I want it because before I forget about it, Filthy Witch, the uh, Vertigo graphic novel that you did. Mm -hmm. Victor Santos? Yeah. Man, I love his. We're not talking about you for a second. I'm, I'm going to talk about him. His, uh, his spy books. What am I doing on this podcast? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just acknowledging because I'd only known him from Filthy Rich. Yeah, is that uh, you like Polar? Yeah, Polar is exactly that's fantastic. What oh, my God. Yeah. It's incredible. So yeah, if you know if you know Filthy Rich from uh, Victor's collaboration with Brian, holy cow! And I, and I remember Dark, you, Dark Horse is putting Polar out. Yep, yeah, it's, it's really excellent. Great. And there's three, too. yeah, three of them out. Fantastic, unbelievable stuff. All right, back to you. <laughs> Ask me a question. <laughs> you know, Wonder Woman. You got a lot of backlash back from your Wonder Woman run. And so yeah, what? Had it, boy. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Good experience. Yeah, it was great. Cliff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Who was your, who was your, when Cliff couldn't do it, who was, who was the other artist? Um, Tony guess. first, and then... Uh, That's right. Uh, Tony Akins. Yeah, Tony Akins. And then uh, uh, Goran Suzuka. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed the new gods being part of it, and I had no problem with the Amazon thing, because I'm a Greek guy, and I kind of uh, appreciated what you did with the mythology, man. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you fucking bring up the negative shit, man. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> no, like, you know, well, you guys experience it, and that's... You know, it's like, good. When, when, I, 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 like, watch, um, 
so for some reason, in comics, you feel like you have a license to do that. And, and when I watch, like, you know, uh, somebody in film being interviewed, they never bring up the negative shit, or novelists, or anybody. You know, they never they never talk about it. It's like, you but guys are always, like, you guys always invariably bring up bad shit. You, I'm happy to have this discussion it's with It's not you. just you. That's what uh, I'm saying. No, and I understand, and, I, and that's cool. Yeah. Hey, dude, you know. I mean, I'm glad that we're talking. But no, honestly. And I don't mean that in, I'm not, I'm not getting hot or nothing. It's just like, it just, for some reason, it's like there's a familiarity in this, in this industry that... It breeds that. You are 100% you know, like, right. The negative shit would die if you didn't bring it up all the time. All the time. All the time. How many years ago was that? You guys. You guys. That's all right. I'm not saying just I, I know, but, but honestly, the reason why I'm asking is... Isn't this exactly. a good panel? But, well, this is... It is, because this is good. This is good conversation. But no, it's exactly that reason why I'm interested in the fact that it is more of a relatable where fan can go to creator and have the balls to say, hey, you know, that didn't work. Let me tell you something. Go. Fans don't have those balls. They'll do it online, but they will not. They'll do it anonymously. They will never come up to me during a show. It's some Yahoo like you behind a microphone that brings the shit up. Again, I'm talking more about the experience. It's like, not the, and, and, it's, not and it always is. It always is delivered this way. I really liked it, but... No, not just what you did. Not but. I wanted... You are giving me exactly what I wanted, which is... Look, anybody's agreeing with me. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> you don't know. Look, you've been on the show enough that this is what I talk about is... It's not just you. I'm talking about... I'm, I'm blanking. Well, but I, well at least no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not no, accusing good. you of anything. I know we're going to continue to talk. Watch that. Yes. I'll never have it again. No, we're done. <laughs> I'm going to walk out of here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. This panel is over. Yeah. And then he flips the table like uh, Lamada and Raging Bull. <laughs> he can do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Mm. Well, uh, you want to talk about, uh, you know, I want to save stuff for tomorrow for 100 bullets as far as that goes. People can ask questions. Are you, you're going to be monitoring that? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's good. I was, I was hoping it was you. Seriously? Thanks, buddy. You, no, you're good. Honestly, as much as the, you're hearing animosity, there's I'm, not animosity. <laughs> Clearly from the tone. But I, no, honestly, Azrael has always been amazing about like telling a creator a few times, oh, no, no, talk to John. He's cool. And I, and I appreciate that. And honestly, I want this candor. I want your, your full feelings. That's what you stuff. get with me. And I look forward to it every time. Absolutely. So if people have questions about 100 Bullets, which or is anything else, or anything else, feel free to go up to the microphone and ask. Otherwise, it'll just be the two of us, you know, pounding each other. I mean, we could talk about Dark Knight if you want. I was getting to that. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure, Alan, to be honest. Yeah. So let's talk about Dark Knight. You're halfway through it. Or no, further than halfway. Well, at least as far as what's on the stands. Yeah, I think. Is it five? I think five's the latest issue that's been out, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So. Tell me about that experience, because honestly, initially, I think the people were, you know, the way it was promoted and stuff, it sounded like it was more of a collaboration between you and Frank. It and is I a collaboration between Frank and Describe me. the collaboration. I was going over to the studio, and um, I mean, when it first started, it was like, he said, I want to do this, 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 this. Here, put it together. Um, it was like a puzzle. It was all these moments that he... Because he works different than me. I kind of work with an ending and backwards so I can, like, knock the dominoes down. He just wants these big set-piece moments kind of thing. And um, so I put it together, and then we talked about it. We've 
you know, we go to the dialogue, we talk it back and forth, that kind of stuff. It's a collaboration. And to me, it is anyway. Okay. You know, I, I guess the reason why I asked, too, is I know... Did you read something online? No, I saw a panel. No. I, I, I'll be happy to explain. <laughs> this is great. No, Your Honor, uh, if I may, if the, if the witness may. Uh, no, I watched the uh, Sandy, or the New York panel that you guys did, and Frank was very, hey, it's Brian's story. That's him being... Frank. No, there's a certain, like, all right, maybe I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So he's like, you know... Okay. He's giving me credit for it. Okay. I like the story, truly. And I love the art. God, I mean, you know, everyone's knocking it out. I think it's a great presentation, and I love I love the mini-comics as well. Those are fun. That was totally Frank's idea. I think that's awesome. I hate him for that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked out well, though. But, man, do I not like doing those things. Really? Oh, originally? Yeah, the whole story was plotted, and then it was like, well, there were... Other people wanted to be involved. And it's like, how are we going to fit this in? And Frank said, well, we can do a mini-comic. It's like, oh, God. It's like, that means i got to tear the story apart again and pull you know, what we're going to be able to do. I mean, it was just more work for me. Did DC come to you and say, do you want to do this? Obviously, what? what do you mean? The Dark Knight thing. Three. They came to me and said Frank wanted to talk to me about something. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. That's great. Yeah, so... Was there any kind of hesitation? Nope. Awesome. None at all. You want to talk about things you turned down? No, I don't talk about negative stuff. Okay. Well, not negative that you just didn't want to do it. Oh, God, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, you can't pick your brain, dude. No, you can't do everything, you know? Sure. There's been, you know, um... Uh, there's, a, there's a lot, you know? Like I said, can't do everything. Some some things that are pitched to me, it's like nah, I have really no desire to do it. Okay. Well, well I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where I get to do what I want to do. Sure. Which is, you know, that's nice. It has it been a pleasant experience working on Dark Knight Three? That's been hell. Has it? <laughs> no, it's been great. Yeah, it's really been great. Had you ever worked with Klaus before? Never. Never worked with Andy either. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, really. That's really interesting. Okay. Cool. And then, but, it, it, you know, reasonably seamless in terms of collaboration and everything? It's you know? been really, really, really good. I'd say maybe once every six weeks, the four of us all get together. It's been good. Really good. You get, do you do it live or are you just do it on the phone? Or no, 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 no. We didn't do anything on the phone. No, you're, you're going out there. Cool. Uh-huh. Hey, there you go. Very yeah, we all like meet in the studio and like... Tell me about the Killing Joke. I saw you in San Diego yeah. on the on the press junket and stuff. Right. And the movie hadn't come out yet. Right. The movie's out now. Right. You do a you do a full half hour there or so, about twenty minutes, maybe one act. That's original beyond uh, the adaptation of Alan Moore and um, right Brian Bolin, if I if I will, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's stuff actually added to the adaptation that were wasn't in it, but we needed more. It, it wasn't long enough. Okay. Like, you know, when we broke the story, it was like, this is 35 minutes, and they couldn't do anything with 35 minutes. Sure. Tell me about that first act, because obviously you took a risk from an audience standpoint of putting Batgirl and Batman together. That hadn't been done before. Right. Talk about, talk about that. It hadn't been done before. That's all I have to say. And I think it works. I still think it works. You know, it's not... Uh, I think Killing Joke is its own continuity anyway. I mean, it wasn't 
you know, mainline DC. Barbara Gordon Killing Joke is obviously older than she is in, you know, say the animated series or some of these other, and certainly the the most recent yeah, yeah. books and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I asked I asked uh, Tara that question as well. I said, "How old do you think that girl is?" And this before I even saw it. And she said, you know, like 20s. Yeah, 20s. Maybe Batman's in his 30s and everything. Hmm. All right. Okay. Well, you see how territorial people get about these characters. And yes, obviously... I know they do. Yeah. Then that's okay. <laughs> I'm happy with it. Yeah. You know? And I'm happy with the reaction. If everybody liked what I was doing, I'd be doing something wrong. Well, and every now and then, I think it is good to uh, poke someone in the nose with a story and make them think differently about characters. And, and sure. that the conventional choices aren't made. Otherwise, we'd have, for a lack of a better description, Superman crashing through the wall, untying Lois Lane, clunking the criminals' heads together, and, and her, the, him and Lois flying away. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, it gets boring after a while, doesn't it? That's Marty Pascal laughing, by the way, in the yeah. background, if you, can, if you can't tell. So, all right. I, I, you know, I, I was interested. Anyone else want to uh, step in the lion cage and, uh, and then see what you do with Simba over here? Marty Pascal's getting up. I think that Brian's collaboration with Eduardo Risso is one of the great collaborations in comics of all time. And I'm really looking forward to seeing more work from both of you. A um, Hundred Bullets is exquisite, in my opinion. Well, thank you. And my question to you, sir. What strikes me most about 100 Bullets is the way in which you use negative writing. Information is communicated in scenes as much by what is left unsaid as by what is said. And you have to have an artist who knows how to deliver that. And I thought you had that in Eduardo. So my question to you is, did anything about your approach, anything about your sense of style change in response to Edward, what Eduardo was doing because it seemed as the series went along you were writing more and more to his strengths relying on I me mean, if you were working I, I don't know how you were working whether it was plot dialogue I mean no, no, it was full plot script. script it was full script yeah okay so you were taking some chances knowing that he could deliver the goods because it's it's subtle it's not explicit. The expository scenes are charged with drama. Do you feel that you were able to do what you were able to do because you knew you had an artist who could deliver their goods? And did the nature of your relationship change and grow over time? Yes, it changed and grew over time. But originally, the reason that it, uh, the reason it reads like it does is because. He didn't speak English and I didn't speak Spanish, and we were having it translated. So I had to, uh, you know, I had to make the scripts really brief, and the, and I, I was like, oh, I got to make sure that you know what these characters are saying. It's like really like right on the money, and and leave what I'm leaving out. Hopefully, people will understand by the way it's being said or you know that kind of stuff or the situation well then that makes the collaboration all the more remarkable and so now I'm curious in response to the art did you do much rewriting no 
Visual anything. Originally, no, no, no. Um, I was uh, taking stuff out. You know, because when I started that man, I was pretty. You know, I was still on the, the younger side of being a writer. So, and I think that that naturally meant I was overwriting. I mean, I, I think people don't trust their own voice a lot, and or you know. But that was your, you know, that was your baby, and of course, Karen left you alone, pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I would like, and, and plus the outlook's so good. It's like I get that balloon out of the way. It's like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting paid by the word. Thanks for the read. Yeah, you're welcome, Marty. Thank you. Was Karen editing, or was Axel editing? And originally, yeah. It was Axel. Okay. No, Karen never edited this book. Okay. No, honestly, I, the only reason why I'm asking is I want to know, too, because I've asked Will Dennis this recently, um, the transition of Will. Was Will assisting Axel, and was it a, a smooth transition? Um, <laughs> well, I know you guys work together a lot, and that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Tell me uh, about that. No. Well, let's see. What, how did that go down? A a Axel's assistant was Jenny Lee. Okay. Um when Axel left for Marlowe, they gave uh, 100 bullets to Jenny, which I was like really happy about because I got, I got along with her real well. Okay. I mean, Cliff was a assistant on 100 bolts for a while. I didn't know that. Yeah. He was... Um, Cliff Chang. Yeah, he was Axel's assistant. I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, Jenny abruptly quit like two days after she was given the book. Wow. Two or three days, maybe a week. I don't know. It was really fast. Um, Completely unrelated, or was it? Hey, I, I don't know if I can do this. I can't do this book. I'm quitting. I'm leaving DC. Yeah, was, <laughs> nah, it was politics. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, she Whatever. quit, and Karen was at, like, uh, I don't know what to do. Sure. And Will was Shelley's assistant, Shelley Wilbur's, Shelley Bond um, assistant, and. I had gone out with, uh, I'd been in the offices and went out with everybody, and Will and I got along really well. And Will was like not further along enough in his career that they would have given him the book, but they gave it to him anyway. It's like, well, you get along with him. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go figure. That's cool. And obviously it's worked out because you guys have done so many things together. We did of that book. We did eighty issues. I think, well, I think twenty was. Wow, it was that early in the run. I didn't yeah, realize that. Yeah, Holy yeah. shit! Well, I didn't do the math. I didn't do my research clearly. Um, no, honestly, I think that's that's pretty wild. Because honestly, I, like I said, every time you know, and whenever I ask you who's your editor, it was Will, Loveless Will, you know, yeah. so filthy rich Will. Will. Yeah. Moonshine Will. Yeah. Who's editing you at uh, Aftershock? One. Oh, really? Uh, no, it's... Uh, <laughs> well, who knows? It's March. It is March. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mike, Mike and, you know, Joe Pruitt's pretty... Yeah. And you, you got, did you get in through March or Pruitt in terms of, like... Yeah. Okay. Joe, Joe called me. That's cool. No, honestly, man, I, I really... American Monster, if you guys like Loveless, I would say, and, and the and the world building, that, world building that Brian does, I would say check out American Monster. Cause it's, it's pretty brutal, that book. It's funny, but it's pretty brutal. It's an R-rated book. Yeah. yeah it really oh, is. it totally is. Maybe even NC-17. It's I would agree. Yeah, no, there's there's sex in the book and stuff and inappropriate wow. sex. and. Hey, you like that? <laughs> Which appeals to this audience. 
But isn't it freeing? Because I felt that way about with you with uh, Filthy Rich as well. Isn't it great that the market is at, at this point? I mean, it always was. You can do dirty comic books. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but there are no filters. There are. You don't have to worry about. But there are filters. Well, there are publishers and, and, and people that will say, well, I don't want that in the book. But, yeah, you t tell me as a creator, what, what filters do you have? It's all about the story, I think. Um, but you can make that choice yourself, or an editor can tell you no. How often in a creator-owned situation is it someone else telling you no? I mean, I think that I'm always sort of like, eh. I kind of let HBO be my... You know, that's the line to cross. Okay. I think American Monster is, that's crossed the line. It went beyond that HBO line. I think it has. You're okay with that? I did it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go, but you've even said there's a line that maybe you know. I think like for everything else. It's like definitely Vertigo was like HBO. Just keep it at HBO. Sure. You know? That makes sense. But now that I'm not working for Vertigo, it's like, well, where can I go? It's like, let's see what's on the other side of that line. Let's go to Skinamax or whatever. <laughs> it's better than Skinamax. Yeah. I don't have Skinamax. It's, it's, it's deeper. Although I'm excited for uh, Max Collins' Quarry TV show that's coming up on Cinemax. Oh, I didn't know that was his. Yep, jeez, it doesn't look anything like his. Yeah, yeah, that's his his uh, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bendis, uh, he's got Scarlet coming up on Cinemax. Really? Yeah, man, I should be, I should pay attention more. <laughs> I don't. Seriously, <laughs> do you? What, what do you read? I don't even know what you read, comic wise. What do I read, comic wise? Yeah. Uh, I like Paper Girls. I like uh, Cliff's book. Yeah. Brian Font. Uh, Southern Bastards. Absolutely. The Jasons, absolutely. Yeah. Wooden, or uh, Aaron and uh, Latour. Um, God, there was this barbarian book. I can't remember what it is. The art's great. Uh, it's from Image, too. It's, like, it's some big dude with an axe. The art's really good. It's kind okay. of cartoony. Um, Surgeon X. I just, what? Yes, Headlopper. Thank you. I knew somebody would know. Nice going. Um... Surgeon X that's coming out from the Karen's thing, yeah. yeah that's I'm cool. excited for that. Yeah, I'm really interested to see that. Very cool. Yeah, you know, like those Vertigo days, and, I, and maybe, you know, again, because it seemed like that was the place where creativity really took, you know, comic creativity went to another level and stuff like that. And you were part of that first wave of, of, of Vertigo and stuff. No, I wasn't. No? No. Well, I guess you're right. No, I guess that was about seven years into Vertigo. Well, it was like second. I guess so. Second or third wave or whatever. I'd say second maybe because 100 Bolt started in 99, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, maybe second wave and stuff like that. I mean, now, like, well, Vertigo's kind of refining itself. Would you do something new for Vertigo? 100 Bullets got initially, it got turned down because it wasn't Vertigo. Because it was all supernatural, monster, and yeah, it was all Tim Hunter, yeah, and fairies and elves. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, listen, that's what it was described to me by uh, Lou Stathis, who was an editor there. Um, but yeah, it got turned down. It's like, this isn't really, you know, it's a good story, it's a good premise. We like Eduardo, we like Brian, but it's just not for us. Okay. This is informing tomorrow's panel in, in some ways as well, because I'm guessing we might have a slightly different audience from what we're getting today. But uh, what it, it, would you go back to Vertigo and, and do something new with them still? 
I know you're working with DC, but I'm just Would saying. I? Yeah. Yeah. No? Yes. No. Okay. Why? I don't have time. Which is not to say Burgo is a bad place. I think Burgo is a really good place. Um, at this point in my career, though, I wouldn't do it. It's a good place to get started. It's a, it, it's very nurturing. Um, I'm finding with image that a lot of stuff falls on our shoulders, you know, ourselves, which is great. To responsibility have. for the story, or like when you say fall, like story, story. Everything, everything, publicity, yeah, and, you know, yeah. all, all of that stuff. Okay, you know, it's much more creator hands-on. Is that exciting? Because, it, as you just said, you don't have that as much time. You know, I mean, that's the thing. You do. It forces you to do a lot of this stuff yeah. yourselves. Yeah. Is, and that's good. Yeah. It is Some, what it is. Sometimes. What? Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you know. Hey, man. As you know, it's not just happening in comics. It's happening in all of media. That the ability to create our own is at a point that it never was before. Because I, of it, I didn't. It is. I think so. I don't really think so. I, when I say I don't pay attention, I pretty much don't pay attention. Well, well you know, people people are doing their own TV ideas and immediately putting them out there and gaining an audience. And and again, with that ability to create the non-sexy part of the job in terms of promotion and, and things like that and marketing and, you know, getting the word out and gathering the audience. It's hard. You've got your core, though. You've got your core readership that, that follows you, would you say? Yeah. Okay. And it's enough that the publishers are happy with the audience that you bring? Well, I think so. Well, okay. <laughs> Still, yeah. Well, I mean, like in an aftershock case, obviously, image is your own thing. I mean, you guys, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be what you guys do and how, however it does. Yeah, you want to, I guess we'll find out what our core is. Yeah. Sure. Okay, any other questions uh, while we're uh, chatting? Yeah, please, folks, and if, you, if it's more than this gentleman, line up. I like your Spider-Gwen uh, shirt, by the Thank way. You. Um, for tomorrow. I like your Browns hat. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> 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 Gotta love the underdog. Um, for tomorrow is by far, at least in my top two favorite Superman stories of all time. What's the other one? Top, top two. two. Okay. I consider it <laughs> Superman. So... Um, is there any chance you coming back and doing a Superman story? Yeah. Yes. Other than the Dark Knight, the yes. Miller version of Superman. Yes. Okay. Yes. Awesome. That's that's all. I want. <laughs> Is that a hint of a possible future? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, just want to say I'm a big fan of your Wonder Woman run. Um, Thank you. No but with that. <laughs> Actually, that got me into the character, so I do want to say thanks about that. Also, obviously, Hundred Bullets. That's Legitimately, probably my top three favorite comics of all time. What are you other two? <laughs> I like it. He set me up. Yeah, Scalped is up there. Fantastic. Um, I also love Long Halloween because I got me into comics in the first place. Uh, but my legit question: um, Have you ever gotten so attached to a character that you have like a hard time doing something terrible to him, whether it's like killing him or maiming him or whatever? Oops. No. <laughs> no, usually the characters I, I, I especially in Hundred Bullets, like along the, the the way, the characters that I be, I uh, did become attached to, I knew were going to die, and I think I became attached to them. It's like, well, they need their 
moment. They need something to make them memorable, re- relevant, that, so that when they die, it means something. Yeah. You know. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I'm interested because now you know you're writing Superman currently in in the Dark Knight world. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of? Did you while the new 52 was going on would you have gone back to that superman and that portrayal of superman what superman the one that died at the end of or just recently i guess uh superman's yeah, dead well oh don't be don't be silly with me now come on you know what i'm talking about i don't all right well i'll explain it to you very right. well no they, they they rebooted the character with with grant uh, and uh, and rags as okay. Back to the beginning. Right. They did make way more jeans. Exactly. And well, and that was just the start. But he was a different. He was younger. He wasn't the father figure, maybe that that um, Superman I think represents in a lot of ways. I, it felt like a different Superman than the Four Tomorrow Superman. Okay. Um, and in fact, numbers dipped because they did kind of change the makeup of Superman. The current version of Superman in DC continuity is the Superman of post-crisis on infinite earths and pre-flashpoint that married lois lane that is a father he's married again oh yeah well i need <laughs> <laughs> who wants to read that sorry sorry dc <laughs> well does do you think well super i would say a lot of heroes are partially strong because of the cast of characters around them they seem to push lois away in that new 52 version of superman well they couldn't have her hanging around when he was oh come on <laughs> he was involved <laughs> <laughs> with someone else. Well, but you know, you know what I mean? They did. They set up a different relationship. Well, exactly. Now, you, how much did you do with Wonder Woman and Superman in your run? Not much. Not at all. Why not? Because I didn't want to. <laughs> Wasn't it, you weren't interested in that story? No, not at all. Um, personally, I don't think Wonder Woman would have anything to do with Superman. <laughs> I think she's a lot cooler than he is. <laughs> and there's some, you know, there's other guys that she would have. Well, if she were going for a guy, which is still. Up, jury's out. Jury's out. All right. Jury probably always will be out as long as she's on lunchboxes and stuff like that. Yeah. It wouldn't be Superman if it was a guy. She might, you know. Who would you see her with if you had any? If, I mean, obviously, you know, if I would have had my way, it would have been a lion. I was going to say, okay, yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. Makes sense. Two gods basically getting together. Well, plus, you know, he's an asshole. <laughs> Do you think that worked with when uh, they did uh, Batman and Wonder Woman together? Is Batman enough of an asshole for Wonder Woman to like? No. What's wrong with that relationship? Batman. <laughs> too messed up? Too messed up for Wonder Woman? Yeah. I don't think Batman can have a relationship. Uh, it's not... He doesn't have the time. You know? It's not anything that really... You know, that's... You're taking away his psychosis if you give him a girlfriend. <laughs> sure. You know, but, and, and I do wish that he would 
um, well, I don't wish. If I were to be writing him regularly, I would have him dating as as Bruce Wayne tons and tons of women, you know, because that's part of the millionaire playboy. That's the playboy part of the millionaire playboy. Sure. They really don't play that up very much. No. That's, that's part of the costume, you know. I agree. Yeah, and I no, and I've even had be a lot of nooners, but he'd still be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had that conversation with Rucka, and he said that there was a lot of pullback from DC editorial to really let him be the millionaire playboy that he would be, mm-hmm. as he's perceived, at least from the cocktail parties and oh, Bruce, and you know all that stuff and everything. So. I love that. Yeah, you know what? Right now, the way they, they play him, it'd be like, you know, he's a millionaire playboy. It's like, he's gay. You know, he's gay. That's what the, that's all these women would be saying because, you know, he'd be like all flirty with them and then he doesn't ever follow through. Okay. That's true. That's a possibility. I love the fact that, honestly, every time you've had Batman, you've found different things to say to him about him, whether it was in the Wednesday comics run or your short for Gotham Knight, which I love, and his... The phobia of guns was really like kind of shoved in his face the way that it was. Wow. Broken City. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like, oh, that cartoon. Oh, yeah, that one. I know it was a long time ago, but seriously, yeah. it's one of my favorite Batman stories. Really? Yeah, it's short, but it's short and to the point, man. You had 10 minutes to do that story, basically? Yeah, something like that. That was awesome. And more questions, folks? I, you know, again, I'm going to blather if not. I mean, nobody wants that. Because, you know monosyllabic over here has you know, only got so many things to say. Is there more creator-owned stuff coming up? Probably. Well, obviously, I'm sure eventually, but, but you know, are there, are there new ideas that we'll hear about in 2017? No. No? Or maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to hassle you, man. There'll be some, uh, you'll hear some work for hire in 2017. That's for sure. Okay. But right now, it's like with American Monster and Alpha King and... Tell me about Alpha King. We haven't talked about that. No, we haven't. Please. I didn't know about it. Tell me about Alpha King. That's another image book I'm doing with Bisley. I didn't hear about it. No. Actually, I did hear the announcement and haven't heard anything since. So what can you tell us about Alpha King? You and Simon Bisley. Very nice. Yes. It's, it's, It's inspired by a beer. Um, there's a brewery in uh, Munster, Indiana, Indiana called um, Three Floyds. And their, their whole packaging and the whole sort of like mythos is very... Uh, it's, uh, it's like Conan on crack kind of stuff. It's really like way over the top. Your story is going to be Conan on crack. It is Conan on crack. Okay. Yeah. Tony, Tony Moore and Jason Aaron, I know, did a beer story for them no they didn't no no they didn't they Tony did. did something for them didn't he no he didn't he did six pack stories for Arcade Brewery this oh is excuse like, me yeah we already have I think I have three three comics are out already for Alpha King yeah I'm, oh, I'm a complete ass that I didn't know that I apologize uh, you're just a complete ass anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man is this a finite story uh, it was supposed to be, but it, I don't think it's going to be. I'm, um, oh, really? I'm running with Nick Floyd, who's the owner of the brewery, and we're having a really good time. The guy's a, like a huge, um, literally, I mean, he's he's a big guy, um, covered in tattoos, big D&D 
uh, player. Like they play, I think every week, and um, he's got all these sort of origin stories for these characters. Which you know, he names his beer, you know, after these characters: Alpha King, Dark Lord, um, Gumball Head, Arctic Panzer Wolf, and it's all these different kind of you know really crazy beer. I'm writing down three Floyds because I should talk to him about uh, that's that's pretty cool that he's doing this. Mm. That's great. So it's a beer and a comic book. Yes. So you can enjoy both at the same time and get blitzed while you're reading. If you choose to. Responsibly, of course. Yes. All right. Very nice. Excellent. Well, those are two of your favorite like recreations right there. What? My job and beer? No. All right. I, I see. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's awesome, man. I didn't know about Alpha. Yeah, so I got, th- I got those three going. Go on. <laughs> and then the Dark Knight stuff, which just keeps going and going. That's, is it staying eight issues, or is it going to be longer than that? It's for now. Hey, man, this is nothing new in <laughs> comics. All the time, sometimes, at some companies, mid- midway through the story, I need another issue. We're making another issue. If we needed another 50 issues, I'm sure DC would say take them. Sure. Yeah. So it's staying eight, though, for now? I hope so. Okay. <laughs> Where are you in the project? Where am I? Yeah, have you finished writing all eight? No. Are you still writing? No, 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 no. Do you, how, how far ahead do you get with, from your artist? Not too far. Okay. Especially with Dark Knight. Why? Um, because yeah. the nature of that thing, it needs to be topical. I mean, what we're trying to do here, is, I mean, Frank was able to react really quickly to what was going on in the world when he did Dark Knight 1 and Dark Knight 2, mainly because he was working by himself. So he's writing it and he's drawing it. So you can change stories that way, you know, pretty much on a dime. And to be able to have that approach, I can't work too far ahead of Andy. You know, we got to be real kind of like close to the bone. It feels like in, in Dark Knight, the dynamic between Batman and Superman has changed a bit. And certainly at the end of issue five. What happened? Well, that's when uh, the kryptonite rain is happening and to weaken the Wasn't that cool? Fantastic. <laughs> it was. It was. That was a good idea. Kryptonite for synthetic, rain. Yeah, synthetic oh, kryptonite. Geez. You took it one more level, man. That was a, that was a blast. That was great. And it's great to see then that, you know, you got Superman in the armor standing next to Batman. It seemed more of a, certainly in the, well, in the, in the, first, in the first story, the original Dark Knight story, Superman is obviously still working for the government, regret, you know, and, and doing it with some regret and has to face that moment of stopping Bruce and everything when he right. feels like Bruce is going too far. Second story, you know, relationship changes again a little bit. We're gonna. I think by the time we're done with this issue or with this series, that Superman's image, at least in the Dark Knight universe, will be rehabilitated. I think. You know, Frank feels like he was you know, a little harsh on the guy in the first one. That and also All Star Batman and Superman, where he kind of, you know, really was like Batman's. Well, he wasn't. Batman wasn't nice to anybody. Right. He's the goddamn Batman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where, where is, I mean, without without revealing story, where do you think Bruce's mind is in this third story? Because right now he's still kind of this force of nature. We don't have the inner monologue that we had in the first 
Yeah. Not as extensively. Yeah. No. Um, and I don't. Again, I don't want you to spoil. But I, but can you can you at all talk about where he is in the universe at this point in his uh, career? He's older. Yeah. But I mean, he's older, and he kind of realizes he's older. You know, and he's Carrie's surpassed him. You know, he realizes she's smarter than he is. You know, he's not the. You know, has it been fun playing with Carrie? Yeah, it's more fun playing with Lara. Tell me about Lara. I was going to get to that. Yes, no, she's she's a good character. Well, she's a random. Yeah, she's kind of the random force in there. Yeah, she's good. You know, she's Superman without Kansas. Okay, and susceptible to. Wanting to maybe learn more about herself, and maybe that's why she initially. Well, she's a teenager, yeah. So she's well, aligning with the Kandorians in that way. And yeah, everything. you know, she's looking for you know what am I? Very cool. Any any other questions? No. Let me look at the time. It's fine. I, I could I could spring you if you want. Yeah, I don't know. Do you guys need to stick hearing what I have to say? Ted's got a question. So the uh, Killing Joke when you got, you came up. They came up short. Uh, were you involved with it at the, at the initial stage? Uh, yeah. With, and then realized it was short. So you came up with this whole prologue thing. Uh, that was, okay, here's the way it worked. Uh, initially, we broke it down, and it was still too short. And and Bruce came to me and said, like, we need more, you know. Uh, you got to write some stuff to fit into the actual Killing Joke story. Which was like, oh, okay, how do we how do we do that and make it seem like it's not padding? I think we pulled it off. I think I think I mean, it's it is. I mean, for an old I'm an old fart fan, and I first and I, I watched it, you know, and I had no clue that wasn't even going to start up. Like, well, this is interesting, and then I like, oh, wow. And and I didn't really I wasn't I know there's was a lot of buzz I think on the internet probably a lot of fans upset or there was but uh, I thought you did you were bringing a whole context to the. I mean, if you read it, I, now that I look back at it, if you just read it cold, it's like, what? Well, who is she? What is Barbara? Yeah. In, in the in the killing joke? Yeah. She makes cocoa, she gets shot, and she cries in the hospital. Exactly. That's so, what she does. So and then there's naked pictures of her. And that's in, why in I, a circus. <laughs> so I, I assume that's what you... Was there any resistance from the powers that be when you came up with that prologue, the whole first... Yeah, album? that's a good question. No. No, really. anything that well they said like you're gonna get a lot of shit for that if we could do this and so let's get some shit you know I think Bruce had had some experience with that he did some sort of um, I think there was something in Batman Beyond I think is what he told me that there was some sort of like talk that somebody that they'd had a relationship and fans screamed bloody murder <laughs> So he knew what we were getting into. Sure. Yeah, very interesting. I thought it was fascinating what you did. I didn't try to understand it. But considering it's such an iconic story, you had to add to it. Yeah, and, you know, I didn't want to... We got it to about 45 minutes originally. And this was going into production. Oh, boy. It was going to get greenlit the Monday after... Uh, Watchmen came out and Watchmen failed at the box office mm-hmm. and they said no um, the, no one's ready for R-rated super, superhero which this was I mean there was no way we couldn't 
we were going to pull back on it. So it got like shelved. And then when they brought it, or they approached me about doing it again, um, it was like, well, we want to do, you know, it, it's not going to be, they were going to sell it like at a cheap price. It was just going to be the killing joke. It's like, no, we want to do it like a regular, one of these DVDs that we're releasing now. So can you do something, a prologue for it? And I said, I don't know where to expand. And then and, uh, somebody mentioned, well, you could tell more about Joker. And I'm like, no, that's, no, no, no. You really can't touch Bat- Batman and, and Joker and because this their story is already there. So like, well, Barbara doesn't have a story. We should give her one. Nor has problems with problems. Well, again, uh, well, I'm putting it. All right, fine. Well, you can just stop right there. That's true. Moore has problems. Moore has problems with the way <laughs> the Killing Joke turned out. He almost disowns it in a lot of ways. He he never has anything positive to say about the story. When you were examining it, oh, look, love about the royalty check. Well, there's that. But no, I, but you know what I mean. Uh, you, you know, did you did you find was it easy for you to you know as far as what you had to expand as you say. Within that that portion of the story, not the stuff that you added in the front, but you said you had to add more. Yeah, stuff. yeah, I th- and you know, I thought the stuff with the kangaroo court that works. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's just part of the the regular story. Commissioner Gordon's uh, reaction, I think that was something that he had a problem with in terms of that right away he was by the book and no, 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 we got to bring him in. It's your daughter; they just got raped, and ridiculous. He, he, I mean, he wrote it. Well, I'm saying, the, I know he wrote it, but I'm saying, when you had to expand on it, did you see any flaws in it? There's flaws in everything, and when you, you break it down, yeah, I mean, like, one of the things that, one of the flaws, and, and Alan has, has cited this himself, it's like, Barbara Gordon is purely a victim. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And if you don't know... You know, to, and that was the other thing, like taking her outside of just to like a general mass audience. If you just give them the killing joke to read, it's that's Commissioner Gordon, Gordon's daughter. I don't think that they have the reaction that people like us freaks that know her have when, when she gets shot. You know, it's just like, oh, she, they don't know it's Batgirl that's getting shot. Right. If you just read it, that's true. If you yeah. were just coming to it. Okay. Oh, cool. I mean, there's, uh, I've been, <coughs> there's been so, you know, like, well, you should have rewritten this story. It's like, what do you mean, re- rewrite this story? It's like, well, you know, th- th- you should change it because, you know, make it more PC. It's like, you know, <laughs> no. No, that's not the story. Write a new story. That's not my job. You know, she should have jumped at the Joker and, you know, like, knocked him down before he got, before he shot her. It's like, Put up more of a fight. Yeah, right. no, that's not the story. That's not adapting the story that's there. I hear Is there, uh, as you said, if 100 Bullets stays a comic, you're fine with that. Yep. Um, are there, are, is there any TV or movie things that you would ever like to do? Because you clearly you understand. Mean? Well, you understand deep character. You want, you under, Again, I point to my previous conversation with Marty where we were talking about a lot of movies today are spectacle and they kind of forget story. Certainly yeah. in the blockbuster realm. You mean in the superhero realm? Is that Certainly in the superhero realm, but I would even just say, uh, yeah, superhero realm, but you could also, you could throw uh, 
stupid uh, the big Japanese monster movie uh, thing that Pacific, Pacific Rim. Well, I was going to go with specifically Pacific Rim. Oh, I didn't see that. Well, I don't see those kind of movies. Well, I understand. But uh, that yeah. seems to be what's what movies are catering to. Television, you're getting in-depth characterization. Yeah. So would, would TV be a, a world that you've uh, ever thought about entering? I like this world. I like the world I'm in. I don't really feel the need to go be in another world. Okay. You know? Sure. There's been opportunities, but it's like, ah, uh, you know, there's so many... I'm like sitting at my desk alone and writing. How about novels? That's going even more alone. But maybe. I mean, I think I, I, my temperament is I would go more that direction than the okay. Hollywood direction. Well, that's why I'm you asking. Know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's more me than... Yeah. No, no filters at all. Just your ideas. Yeah. You ever think of maybe this would make a better novel than a comic? Um, yeah, a few times. But I really enjoy collaborating with artists, so it's it's a good you know I'm in a good place. Okay, I'm happy writing comics. I don't TV or movies. It's like occasionally I you know if I get a call, if I get a call yeah. But otherwise, this is good. Yeah. No, you're doing good. That's good. Thank you. All right, we'll we'll leave it at there. And I and no, I got it. All right, we can agree. You at least agree on that. I always feel like when I'm done with a conversation with you that we've literally just gone 15 rounds, and I love it. Really? Absolutely. Yeah, really. I don't feel that way. I know. That's good. There's a lot of love in the room. No, I appreciate I guess it. I'm in better shape than you. They, that goes without <laughs> saying. That goes without saying. No, seriously, keep it up. Great stuff. You got a lot of great books out there now. Thanks. Jeff. And and it's and it's really interesting to hear. I'm I am excited about the possibilities of another Superman story beyond uh, everything else. How about that, man? We even got a couple cameos there from uh, Marty Pasco, uh, and uh, it was great to get uh, his feedback on uh, what he thought of Hundred Bullets. And again, I love the fact that he was laughing as I struggled to pull words out of Brian Azzarello's mouth. Man, like a dentist with a patient that just keeps his mouth closed. But eventually it worked. Great conversation with Brian Azzarello on today's Word Balloon. Uh, John uh, Suntra is still kind of suffering from my con crud, but uh, very excited about uh, what I've got to present to you in the days and weeks ahead. I've done some new interviews. Don't get me wrong. Leaned a little bit on my New York Comic Con stuff and uh, reached back for Cincy Comic Con on today's episode, but that's because it's good content. And also, God, Moonshine is out now. The next issue uh, comes out uh, in about a week and a half. So, uh, you know, stick around and uh, enjoy that and all the other great Brian Azzarello product that is currently out there. Word Balloon is brought to you today by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. I was going over some great uh, Brian Azzarello InStock Trades uh, product that is available now. As I've said, several of the volumes of 100 Bullets are available. You know, there's, there's a hell of a lot of them. Uh, uh, you can uh, go back to uh, things like Volume 12, Dirty, 45% off. It's $7.14. Brian has a story in Batman Black and White, Volume 2, 45% off, $10.99. Filthy Rich, I mentioned that fine Vertigo crime novel that he and Victor Santos did. That book is uh, 45% off. It's just $10.99. You can also get the trade paperback version, soft cover of Filthy Rich, for $7.14. Remember First Wave, Brian's... Uh, book about uh, Batman, Doc Savage, and a bunch of great pulp villains and heroes. Azzarello, Rags Morales, and Phil Noto. That book is 45% off, just $16.49. Spaceman, trade paperback. 
Uh, that's uh, Brian and Eduardo Riso once again. 45% off, $10.99. Lots of volumes of Wonder Woman. In fact, Volume 3, Iron, is uh, issue 0, and then 13 through 18. It's Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chang, 45% off, $9.34. Just a few of the great stories waiting for you at InStockTrades.com from Brian Azzarello. There's lots more product as well. Take a look for yourself. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping from InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening and uh, hoping my voice will clear up a bit more by the next time I talk to you in just a few days. i uh, got more great episodes coming up, uh, not just for October, but November and beyond. It's, uh, it's been a great year, 2016. Lots of interesting interviews, uh, new people, uh, returning guests like Azzarello, and uh, looking forward to bringing you a hell of a lot more in the days and weeks ahead. Until next time, questions or comments about the show, reach me via email, john at wordballoon.com. Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.